You're listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast. We have teamed up with BetMGM this season. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code PHNX and you'll get up to $1,000 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. All right. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code PHNX, deposit at least $10, and place your first wager on any game. You'll receive up to $1,000 in bonus bets. If your bet loses, just make sure you use bonus code PHNX when you sign up, always PHNX. And to kick off the partnership, we're doing a massive watch party this Saturday at 2 p.m. at the BetMGM Sportsbook at State Farm Stadium. Come watch the last stages of college basketball play out as They'll have food and beverage specials, giveaways, massive TVs to watch the game on. Plus, if you register and place your first bet with promo code PHNX, uh, when you sign up, you'll receive a PHNX shirt. And now let's listen to the great Shane Diefenbach talk about the disclaimer. Disclaimer, 21 plus to wager. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in Washington, D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP-ARIZONA, 1-800-522-4700, Kansas, Nevada, 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts, 1-800-BETS-OFF-IOWA, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. At least right, we didn't so, have to read that. Well, Saul, you know what? There's a lot of perks about being the GM. That's one of the perks right there. You got to watch me do that right there. <laughs> well, oh. I, that was that was interesting. Yeah, yeah. All right, it's March Madness right here. We got comments coming in. Uh, let's Derek Pipko. I I wish I was watching Arizona in the Final Four. Come on, Mike, give us good news. There's always good news to give. But let's first talk about the transfer portal. Saul uh, hit me up saying that he wanted to get on and talk about this. So, Saul Bookman, what are your initial thoughts on the transfer portal? Um, you know, I think it's a good thing. Uh, I, I will tell you this right now. It, if I was in college, um, I probably would exercise that once, at least once. Right. Um, I, I don't like the fact that it's unlimited and I know that's changing. Um, but like what it has been up to this point has been kind of a, for lack of a better word, a shit show where, I mean, listen, you're talking about 17 in some cases, 18, 19, 20 year old kids that are, yeah, there, there is no, there is no commitment to, uh, to, to some of these places. And listen, you can't build yourself into, a program and really establish yourself as part of a, of a university brand. If you don't give it more than a year, because sometimes, you know, you come in as a freshman, you're not ready to play. Right. Um, a lot of these guys are told, Oh, you're going to be in the NBA after one year and you're going to do this. You're going to do that. And it's tough. Uh, or even in the NFL after a couple seasons, you know, it's just, that's the, my only beef with the, with the transfer portal. But I also, I do like the freedom. Uh, I guess we, the, the rule is going to be that, they can be there for they can leave right. one time unsolicited. They can they can enroll immediately at another university. But after that, if they want to try transfer again, they got to sit out a year, which I do like. I do like that because once you get a transfer into your program, now you got to assume that they're going to be there for a couple of years, which is good for every every program. And like you, you talked about, you're a big fan of Marquise Noel, as everybody should be. Yes. Kansas yes. State. He wouldn't have these possibilities if this wasn't uh, if this wasn't uh, the way it was. You know, transfer obviously from Arkansas State, immediately eligible right now. Got his game on the biggest stage. The one thing though that it, 
it rubs me a little bit the wrong way, but at the same time, I totally get it, is that if I'm a coach and I'm finding Marquise Noel at Arkansas State, and I'm putting in all those years to try to really develop him, and then the fruits of my labor go somewhere else, I do realize that this is a uh, – that would bother me a little bit, but at the end of the day, I'm also more for the kid having that option of being able to improve and get to that level. Yeah, for sure. I mean, listen, you know, there's a couple transfers that we're going to talk about um, who you can't ignore the fact that going to a program like the University of Arizona or Indiana or North Carolina isn't isn't big time. And it isn't a significant step up to improve their own uh, draft profile and prospects and future, uh, you know, possibilities like uh, I'm sorry, no disrespect to Arkansas State, but it's not Kansas State and it's not in the Big 12. And it didn't give him the platform to be able to play on such a high profile stage um, and make himself Uh, a nationally known product like it just never would have but now he has that opportunity and there's other transfers that are going to have that same opportunity come from from some from some small schools or smaller schools uh than in arizona and and we're going to touch on that all right now let's talk about some of these kids right here Uh, jacob franklin if you could pull up the graphics some of the kids that are available in the portal and we have some new names as well um, all right, so here's some of these guys right here. And this is Saul, we've been talking about this all week, but I think it's important. I'm totally cool with getting the Courtney Ramies, the Cedric Hendersons of the world, guys like that. But you got to be able to get difference makers. You got to be able to get guys that you look at it and maybe they're not pros, but they're all conference type guys. You've got a Reese Dixon Waters right here, a Graham Ike, a, a Khalif Battle. And then TJ Bomba just entered the transfer portal from Washington State. Caleb Love, same thing at UCLA. These are 16, 17 point per game guys at Power 5 schools. That's what Arizona has to get. Yeah, you know, I 1 million percent agree with you, Mike. And and a couple of the names on, on this list that I do like, I do like Gier, uh, Gier, I don't know how you say his yeah, name. Yeah, you got but, it. Uh, I, I do love him, especially if you're talking about the possibility of, uh, of a possible uh, either, not transfer, but uh, going to the NBA for um, Tubelis. Mm-hmm. I think you need somebody that could possibly replace him. But the guy that I would actually like to replace him is lower down on that graphic, Graham Ike. Six foot nine for Wyoming, 19 points a game. Uh, he was injured last year, um, so he didn't play last season. But the year before that, that's where those stats are coming from. He's a dog. He's a beast. Again, we're talking about going from a smaller program to a more high-profile program. Graham Ike fixed that mold, and he could replace Tubelis uh, to a certain degree, and I think that would be great. Um, Khalif t- uh, Battle is is is. It's cool. Reese Dixon Waters, I'm not as high on Reese Dixon Waters as a lot of play, uh, guys are. Um, I think he's a good player. I don't think he's a tremendously great player. And again, I think he fits more of that mold of what Tommy Lloyd has brought in so far via right. the transfer portal of that uh, that suitable substitution, uh, a nice role player, but not somebody that moves the needle and ra- makes you like an immediate national contender. Um, and that's what you need at U of A. You know, we're not Cal. We're not Washington State. We're not, you know, we're not any team in the Big Ten. Uh, we're 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 me- needle movers, like, uh, right. or at least we're needle movers until we get to the tournament. I mean, that's just what it is so far. Um, so you need big time prospects to come in here and change the game. 
You know what we found out, unfortunately, in the tournament, though, is that Arizona had a lack of dogs. Arizona had a lack of guys that wanted the moment. And I can tell that Saul Bookman played high-level basketball because of the tweet you put out there about Tabellus. Now, a lot of people are like, what are you talking about? He had 21 and uh, 10 or whatever. Tabellus did not want the ball down the stretch. There's the play where he had the 16-foot jumper, took the ball in, and then it was blocked. Again, not beating up on the kid. He's a fantastic player. But that 21 and 10 was not a 21 and 10 that I'm going to take over the game at the end. Yeah, uh, Tubelis is is an interesting case because for the last two seasons he hasn't had the best of he hasn't had the best tournament performances. I mean that's just that is what it is. Like he has not been phenomenal in the tournament. And for U of A standards and really what we've known from greatness in the tournament um, from key players, and you hoped that he would show to be one of those great players is like there's moments where they just take over a game right. they lead you to victory he had every opportunity in that last 10 minutes to be able to do so he wasn't able to come through that doesn't discredit the fact that he was he was one of the best power forwards okay. that U of A's ever had like that's just point blank what it is his skill sets phenomenal um i think there's things that he can work on things that he will have to work on before he gets to the league because uh i'll tell you what if you think you're going to hold the ball right in front of chris paul the way you do uh that's not going to happen so uh, there's things that we're going to tweak but uh, again that, that's not to disparage uh, to bellas i think if he gets the right advice i honestly think he should come back i think he needs one more year to be able to grow especially from the perimeter i think he needs to develop his game on the perimeter a lot more than he is because at his size um, he he's not really the 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 back down power uh, forward. He's more finesse, and when you have that kind of game, you have to be able to shoot from the perimeter in the NBA. So uh, I would like to see him work on that skill set, come back, and be able to show that he can sh- he can extend the floor to a certain degree. Um, so yeah. I think he financially would make a better decision for himself by coming back as well, because quite frankly, I mean, you guys cover the NBA up close. You see these guys game in and game out right now. I don't see that skill set as being something that is going to translate to the NBA, because, again, he's not it's not like he's really making plays off the bounce. A lot of those drives to the basket are going to get thrown into the third row. If he came back, developed a shot. You know, in this day and the age where, you know, you become a 37, 38% three-point shooter, I think you have a fighting chance at that point. But right now, I just don't see that skill set really meshing. Now, again, I think he can make a ton of money internationally for sure. But I don't see him being that that guy right now, Saul. Yeah, no, I, I don't either. Um, again, I'm not trying to bag the kid. But, you know, I, I again, he, he kind of reminds me of a little bit uh, of the – he reminds me a lot of some of the other U of A guys that have that have left to go to the league. Like there wasn't one discernible thing that you were like, yeah, like that's yeah. that's like high level ability right there, right? Like either shooting or rebounding or defensively, whatever. You have to have one one thing that teams can point to and say, well, at least we have this. We know he's got this in his bag, and we know we can count on that, right? Um, when you look at guys like Alonzo Trier was probably as close a prospect um, when I'm talking about, like, good at a lot of things, but not elite at one. Trier kind of kind of bypassed that a little bit because he was a very, very good scorer slash shooter, and that's why, what even got him to be in the league for a couple years. But again, just a couple years now he's in the G League. Raleigh Alkins, there's not one thing that you could point to with Raleigh Alkins and say like, oh, big yeah. time this or big time that, right? Like 
great athletic ability. That's about it. But athletic ability in the NBA is the dime a dozen. So what else can you do? Um, Tubelis, same thing. What can you point to that Tubelis does that is one amazing like skill set? Uh, somebody in the chat said Kobe Simmons. Same thing. Uh, in between positions, not a tremendous shooter, not even a tremendous scorer. He 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 lacked uh, you know uh, defensive high level ability. So what was the one thing that you could point to and say, oh, he could do this? Now he's he's kind of thriving a little bit in the G League, but he hasn't gotten the opportunity at the NBA again. Like so, a lot of these guys are much better suited to go overseas and make a lot of money uh, than they are to go to the NBA. I'll take it a step further and say you could make a case that that's the microcosm of the te- this team this year. You look at it up and down the board. Pella Larson, pretty good defender, but yeah, pretty good defender. Not a great shooter. Not a great, certainly not a great ball handler. Kirk Creesa, I know he led the conference in assists, but and again, these are good players, but these aren't these aren't great players. I think in Arizona, like Saul, when you were you know you've seen it, I've seen it. In Arizona, you need frontline type dudes. You need all American type players right there that can really take over that have that discernible skill set and nobody had it but what surprises me the most and i want your take on this is you didn't have a dude that could make the plays off the bounce at arizona that is the one thing you should always be able to have yeah that's kind of funny that is i love how you said that that was kind of the microcosm that has been a microcosm of uh not only the tommy lloyd era so far and obviously a lot uh a a significant portion of that roster was a, a Sean Miller roster, and it's it's changing now, obviously. But also um, the Sean Miller era, right? Uh, there was only a couple guys in the Sean Miller era, even that you can look at and say like elite, right? right. We thought that they were elite because they were McDonald's All Americans and they came in and did a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Uh, Aaron Gordon is really the primary one that I can look at during the Sean Miller era and say he had elite defensive skill, mm-hmm. like and. Un, un, unbelievable athletic ability, right? You right. worried about his scoring. You worried about his shooting. He worked on that, and he's now a very good scorer in the NBA. Uh, but you, at least you can point to those two things and say, I, we know we can get this from Aaron Gordon, right? Everybody else in the Sean Miller era, um, kind of the same thing. Kind of just like, okay, good at a lot of things, not great at any particular one until he got to Benedict Matherin, who, uh, you know, kind of was, was okay under Sean Miller and then thrived under Tommy Miller because of the system that was presented to him. And you, you saw Benedict and you're like, Oh, that's that dude. He can score in an elite clip and he can shoot the ball. And now you're looking at the Pacers. And I think he had like 29 points last night in elite score. You and I were talking, or you and I were actually sitting courtside or close to courtside in the TCU game. And what told me everything I needed to know about Ben Mather and how much different he was Arizona's down three. Tommy Lloyd, he looks over to Tommy Lloyd as the minutes or seconds are closing down and probably expecting Tommy Lloyd because Sean Miller is definitely calling a timeout right there. And Tommy <laughs> Lloyd just looks at him and basically just says, Go. He yeah. gets into his little rub, uh, he gets into his little dribble. Raises up three, nothing but net. That is what the elite schools have. I get it that Tommy Lloyd runs a wide open offense that's fun to watch. Get all of that and that he can, you know, disguise a lot of stuff. But at the end of the day, you also need to have those Benedict Mathers. You just have to have them. For sure, for sure. And then, you know, going back to the transfer stuff, you know, uh, you know, Caleb Love, uh, I believe, I thought he was, he's from North Carolina. Um, yes, correct. I thought you said UCLA earlier. I was like, wait, what? So, yeah, oh, North yeah Carolina, I'm sorry. No, you're good. Uh, North Carolina, uh, good player, um, but uh, shooting wise, meh. 
And it's just the turnover ratio. Man, I don't know. I, I It would be nice to have a North Carolina type of player, but I think you're getting it off of rep than you are more of like actual ability. And you're hoping that he will take that step um, and growth the next year. Uh, the other player that I actually do like, and I think this is more of a, it, it it's, it's worrisome because you don't know how these players are going to really translate at a higher level, but very intriguing when you're talking about Taron Armstrong from Cal Baptist. Um, and I know a lot of players, a lot of people on Twitter have talked about Taron Armstrong, hoping that maybe uh, he would be in the, the fold for U of A. I'm very intrigued by him because I think he's kind of Kirk Creesa 2.0. I think he's a better passer overall. Um, I think he could be, he could develop into a better shooter just because of his height. 6'5 point guard like that's that's not something that you just look over and, and, and gloss over and move on so um, I like that then you mentioned TJ Bamba I, I think if you anytime you can get somebody in league that's an elite score uh, you definitely got to take a look at that and, and consider that fact plus he has a relationship I do believe I know Caleb Love is the one that has a relationship with Steve Robinson so I could see yeah. how that that could work yeah the, the thing I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make the case here for Caleb Love for a, to a skeptical Saul Bookman right here. Thank but you. First, Please do. Saul Bookman, have you ever been to Circle K? <laughs> what? That's not that the is, case. That is a rhetorical question because everybody has been to Circle K. The reason that Circle K has been around in the manner in which it has is because it serves everybody you can go anywhere in tucson and you can find a circle k you can go to the nicest areas or you can go to some of the tougher areas circle k will be there and here's the deal make sure you're not missing out on all the great stuff that is going on at circle k all stocked up for march madness head to circlek.com backslash store locator circlek.com slash store locator to find a circle k near you you can get uh, beverages i like polar pops you can get good food and again red bulls monsters you name it and like saul bookman said he has been to circle k before maybe you'll find saul bookman at circle k maybe i'll buy you a thirst buster if you can if you can yeah. Oh, well, there you go. And that's on record right now. Jacob, can you timestamp that at 1855, please? And one other one, Mountain Mike's Pizza. So I'm up in Sacramento cruising around, you know, getting ready for the NCAA tournament after about a 35-hour layover going and coming. But I'm thinking to myself, I'm going to go get some pizza. Guess where I found Mountain Mike's Pizza up in Sacramento. So don't believe that it's just in Arizona right here. This is a national movement right here. Oracle and Wetmore in the Tucson location, but you can also go to Sacramento. I vouch for it. Head over to or Mountain Phoenix. Mike's. Or Phoenix. <laughs> or Phoenix. Yes, I mean, let's, let's not avoid the elephant in the room. But uh, all right, here, head over to mountainmikespizza.com, order their Mesa, Chandler, or Tucson locations to get your next order. Reminder, new diehards get a $50 voucher upon signing up, and maybe you will see Saul Bookman right there. Okay. Maybe. Now, Saul, here's my – Caleb Love. The reason that I'm intrigued by this is I have no I have no clue what uh, what kind of coach Hubert Davis is. He could be good. He could be Kevin Ollie. I you know just I have no clue. What I do sure. am intrigued by is in the Sweet 16 and the Final Four, Caleb Love dropped 28 points and he dropped 30 points. He dropped 30 points in a Final Four game against Duke last year. That to me is something that is intriguing, especially in a Tommy Lloyd offense where I think he's going to accentuate some of the things that you uh, you do well and maybe hide some of the things you don't do as well. What say you? 
Yeah, I, I think the biggest fear is not not that year. It's it's the step back that he kind of took this year, right? Um, you don't know, you know, you start reading those press clippings or not press clippings. It's more of like you're reading yourself on the internet, um, and and you start you know feeling like you're the, you're that big dog, um, and maybe you don't prepare yourself and, and train accordingly, and you come into the season and you you have kind of a down year compared to what your, the expectation was from year one to year two. So that's what the fear is. Uh, with Caleb Love, it's not necessarily just ability. It's uh, what did you do to regress to a certain right. degree this year from the from the prior year? And um, if he comes over to Arizona, you hope that you can get the first year um, when he, when they were in the tournament and they had a great run uh, and not last year's version. So which one are you going to get? That's the biggest thing. Here's my Hooper compare. Uh, here's my only co- uh, concern about Taron Armstrong, though. Playing at Cal Baptist, and again, maybe this is shallow, but averaged 11 points and five assists. Mm-hmm. If you're getting a guy at Cal Baptist, in my opinion, you got to He's got to be putting up bigger numbers than that. Might be shallow. Mike Luke, uh, re- remind me, uh, what were T.J. McConnell's? Oh, uh, dude, I was really hoping you wouldn't go there. I know. What, what, what was that at Dayton, huh? About or a Duque, Duquesne, Duquesne, about, Duquesne, about, even worse, Duquesne. My bad, Duquesne. Yes, please tell me what TJ McConnell's stats were at Duquesne, <laughs> and would you say that that was relative to what he did at U of A? Um, there's a reason that one guy is the boss and the one guy's talking right here. <laughs> I'll put it to you like that because it was funny when I because I always do my show notes the night before and I said I'm going to get him with this, but then I was looking. I'm like, I just hope he doesn't bring up McConnell. You brought up McConnell <laughs> immediately. That was fantastic, dude. <laughs> okay, so, um, so I don't. I guess what I would say is, is like I don't necessarily buy into to to the conference to conference transfer um, and not producing stats at, at such an elite level, because part of that is having elite players around you. You know, if, if you can create plays for other players and they can't come through for you, that's not really on you. So uh, shooting wise, I will say this shooting wise. I agree with you. I think sh- shooting wise, he needed to be um, he needs to be much better. Like especially from the perimeter and especially at the free throw line because he's a 60, I think he was a 64% shooter last year from the free throw line. That is not going to cut it in the Pac-12 or in the NCAA tournament because we know how tight those games are. You need your point guard to be able to to be able to come through in those situations. So that's my one fear. But passing-wise, core vision-wise, he's as good as they come in the in the country. And right. I think I think Tommy Lloyd in this system could really flourish with this kid. One thing I will, and if Jacob Franklin, if you could put up the uh, list of guys that have been in the Elite Eight or the uh, Sweet 16, putting up some numbers right here. I get a lot of people right now asking me, who are some guys that uh, are in the portal? We've gone over some names, but I'm just going to give you all a little bit of a hint out there. There's somebody not in the portal right now that, who knows, maybe he ends up in Arizona, and I think he would uh, he would check off some of these boxes. But, Saul, I wanted to get back to this point, though. Whoa, 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 whoa. You can't dangle that carrot and not, not give us a hint as to who that could oh. be. Oh, I can. I absolutely can. It, there's wait, wait, wait. Are you talking about somebody on that list? Oh, there's not somebody on that list, but it was somebody that would make a similar impact. Somebody oh. that – yeah, Is that's you, what I'm saying. Can you give us a coast? Uh, Yeah, the Midwest. Oh, okay. All right. All right. That's what I'm, you know, I, I, I got you. I got you. 
All right, all right. We'll talk off. We'll talk off here. But I'm just saying, you. The my main thing is that you got to understand that not all these players are in the portal yet, right now. So mm-hmm. I think people are looking at it as this finite thing right here, and you're like, all right. Now let me ask you this: What are your expectations then for last year's team or next year's team? Should this be a team that should be able to take a step forward, a step back? Um, I've said all. I've said all week that I believe that right now this should always be under Tommy Lloyd a top 15, top 20 team, bare minimum with the potential of going up? You know, honestly, the construct is completely blown up now, Mike. Um, I mean, look at the final four. Holy crap. You have Florida Atlantic, you have San Diego State, Miami, and UConn. Uh, and none of those teams would you have even expected to be in the Sweet 16. Uh, and I think all four of those teams aren't even ranked in the top 15 in the country, I do Correct. believe. Like, again, the model has been completely bro- blown up because what you're seeing is you just need good you need good players, but you need a good system and you need some dogs because what we're seeing with every single one of these teams is defensively they're very, very good. Mm-hmm. Um, all four of those teams. I mean, Florida Atlantic, uh, with their big in the middle, I, uh, his name is escaping me, but that team was very impressive. And for a school, kind of, you know, an obscure school to be as athletic and as lengthy as they are, right? Tremendous. Same thing with Miami, tremendous. Uh, San Diego State, we've known what San Diego State has been for a, quite a while. We know that they're a defensive minded team, uh, they're kind of a thicker team. Uh, they, they, they like to get physical with you. And that's exactly how they were able to win the other day. Uh, I, I just think every single one of these teams is showing you that like defense and physicality matter in the NCAA tournament. Uh, and more importantly, anything can change from year to year. Right. And, uh, and nobody, I mean, Jerome Tang at Kansas state had two players, right. Two, Noel being one of them uh, in, in his, in his, in his on his roster and had to go out and recruit and luckily he was able to get Keontae Johnson uh, but that's how th- fast things can change in a year right. and so if you're if you're Tommy Lloyd the transfer portal is is probably more significant than recruiting high school players right now uh, to be honest and I think that's the shift that a lot of these coaches are starting to make is okay cool you can get this freshman who could come in and you can contribute that's fine but you need to find some dogs to come in and really be physical and play at a high level. Um, and that's why a lot of these coaches, I think, are going to shift their attention from the, from freshmen to the transfer portal. Because guess what? You're probably not going to get a Marquise Noel as a freshman that's going to be or a, a freshman Marquise Noel that's going to be able to do what he just did there on the biggest stage. Now, yeah. we got to talk about up front and our guys, the four peaks. Now, a lot of people know the four peaks as the U of A big men, but Four Peaks is the official brew of PHNX Sports as well. Now, got something really cool going on right here. And again, we got people asking about guard play with the great Saul Bookman. We'll get to that in just a second. But Four Peaks, new coach, new GM. The Cardinals have the third pick in the draft. They should choose Will Anderson, in my opinion. It's a big opportunity for our team. The best place to take this pivotal moment and the rest of the NFL draft is April 27th at Four Peaks 8th Street Pub. Must be 21 years up to enjoy enjoy responsibly. Saul Bookman, will you be at this event? I will be. I absolutely will be. It's one of our best events of the year for sure. So you will be having some Four Peaks up there as well. Now tell the people really quickly, 
Who would you draft if you were the Arizona Cardinals GM Saul Bookman? A million percent Will Anderson. He's the best prospect in the entire draft. No, no, no doubt. Now, if you're the Cardinals, you probably want to trade down. Right. Um, and if you can trade down to that four spot or maybe even seven spot and still find yourself in a position to get Will Anderson and get some more draft picks, win-win. That's what you want to do. Right. Um, so I, that's that would be my pick. All right. But again, check them out, though. They're at the Four Peaks. Or Four Peaks It's going to be a great opportunity and – Tap and bottle, tap and bottle watch parties have very, very good time this past year uh, having watch parties at tap and bottle. As you all know, Scott and Rebecca do an amazing job. You got the downtown job over there at tap and bottle for sure. They really do. You got the downtown location or you got the one on the north side at Oracle. But here's what it is, though. You got a good, great TV setup and you can get four peaks there as well. They got food trucks. Uh, It's a a very uh, homely homely type environment. Everybody knows each other there. It's just a good time. And again, we'll be getting those uh, coming up again uh, once uh, uh, football season hits. But you can always check me out, though, at Tap and Bottle if you want to check me out. Or you might say to yourself, I don't want to check Mike out. I'm going to go to the north side. Either way, tap and bottle. All right, Saul. Up front, Umar Ballo. Um, right now, the two guys that I think you can pencil into the starting lineup for the U of A and everything else is fluid is Kylan Boswell at the point, mm-hmm. Umar Ballo at the bit at yes. the big. I have gone back and forth in my mind as to what to expect from Umar Ballo because again, he went from seven and five to fifteen or fourteen and seven. But there are phys- some physical limitations to him. He's not an explosive athlete. The hands aren't great. Can he make that next jump, in your opinion? Because, quite frankly, I'm kind of on the fence. To the league? No, no, oh, no, 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 no. I, no, he's not an NBA player. But can he become? Can he become 19 and 10? Can he? Is that ever in his repertoire? Oh, because a million percent. Think so? In the college game, we've seen it so many times where big guys um, of his ilk are able to develop um, one of the guys that, that I, I constantly think of. Um, oh, man. Oh, now I can't remember. Kofi uh, Coburn. Nope, nope. No, no, no. Kofi Coburn is a, an athletic specimen. He's a freak. Uh, we're talking about uh, North Carolina way back. Montross, Eric Montross. Eric okay? Montross. Eric Montross, okay? Not the most physically intimidating kind of guy, but just fundamentally sound, a big, that wasn't like ripped. He wasn't like Kofi. Uh, and Balo's kind of like of that same ilk. Now, the biggest difference between between uh, Balo and, and Montross is, is that Balo still needs a little bit more fundamental work with his game, right? Um, He needs to be able to develop that hook shot to be as consistent as possible. Right now, he's, he, he scores at a very high clip from within that 10 foot area, which is cool, but I think he needs to widen that out just a little bit. Okay. Be able to, to, to get off the block by a couple steps and still be able to be as effective. Um, He he tends to have his upper body way too much when he goes to, to the hole, which is why he picks up a lot of offensive fouls um guys are waiting for that move he needs to be a little bit more fluid with his movement so that way when he does drop that shoulder and he can he can feel the the defense about to he could just spin out of that and go to the cup a little bit differently so i think there's some skill sets that he's going to be able to add to his game and i i fully expect him to the growth from what year one to year two was tremendous right i think you're going to see equal growth from year two to year three and i would suspect that especially in the lower portion of his body, he's going to put a lot of work into that to get a little stronger on that lower end. Because I think from a from a from a trunk standpoint, right. he still has got a lot of growth to go. 
Tommy Lloyd told me something I thought was interesting one time. He said when he plays with balance, he is a very, very good player. And I think that's exactly what you were saying right there. When he plays with balance, when he doesn't get ahead of himself, he's really hard to stop because he's so big out there. Now, Kylan Boswell, essentially what happened here is that uh, Kirk Carissa – obviously could have come back but i think there was there were some talks and kylan boswell was going to be the man at the point guard position yeah. the transfer portal gives guys fluidity i and he am should ex- and he should be i am ecstatic to see what he can do because honestly when he came in there when he came in here he doesn't look like your prototypical point guard's got a different build for sure and he, granted he's coming off a foot injury but you could tell by the end of the season from the three-point shot to being kind of a dog on defense and also being able to initiate this is a guy that has all conference potential sooner than later Saul. i think i think kylan boswell though the assists the assist portion of this might be a little little different he reminds me a lot of Mateen Cleaves. Um, like just a dog on the defensive side, um, being able to hit clutch shots whenever you need him to. Um, and, and really, if he can develop that shooting ability, he's got a little bit of a long form uh, on his release. Uh, he, he's going to have right. to tighten that up just a little bit and tweak that. And if he does, he's going to be an elite player. But I think physically, uh, Kylan Boswell could play in the NBA right now physically. Right. At right. the guard position, he could hold up with the wear and tear of a season because of how stout he is. That's what I love about him, and I love his intensity on the defensive side. And I think if he continues to develop that, he's going to make. I think he's going to make a significant jump from year one to year two, and I think he's going to push to be the best point guard in the league, no matter what next year. I, I truly believe in Kylan Boswell. Bonus points for you right here, Saul. Can you remember the nickname for Mateen Cleaves, Charlie Bell, Andre Hudson, and Jason Flintstones, Richardson? baby. I just wanted to make sure. Flintstones, baby. Just wanted to make oh. sure it was a great It was a great nickname, by the way. Yeah. And those were fun teams. Because they were um, all from Flint, Michigan. Yeah, They were for all from Flint, Michigan. Correct. Now, we got to talk about Pac-12, Big 12 here. At this stage in the game... I am all in on the Big 12. Now, listen, I know that some people say, well, the Pac-12's got bigger or cooler cities or their academics. At this stage in the game for the Pac-12 or Arizona, the most important thing is to be in a stable conference going forward because, as everybody knows, there's going to be another eruption here in college basketball or college athletics in the next six, seven years. Here's what the Big 12 can give you. They can give you visibility. They can give you money. And on top of that, you're playing in the best basketball conference. I get that football pays the bills. I totally get all of that. But football to me is a wash in the Big 12. Keep in mind, TCU is just in the national title game. So it's not like you can't get there. And Arizona in the Big 12 for basketball is all kinds of fun, Saul Bookman. No, I I completely agree. Um, I, I love it for basketball. I don't know how I feel about it for football. Um, but I think I think you I think what you're starting to find out is there's two lanes to go here and it depends on what lane Arizona really, really, really wants to be in. And I think Robbins is probably leaning more towards big 12 for the football aspect of it alone. Um, But if you're really serious and you, and you're looking at Arizona for what they are right now, they're not an elite football school, but they are an elite basketball program. Um, And if you want to keep going down that road, you could find yourself building the pac 12 into an elite basketball conference with some football obviously mixed in as well. Um, So if you look at it, um, let's just say in a perfect world, you find four teams on the West Coast, okay? Uh, I I just had the fourth team and I lost it. But let's add Gonzaga. Let's add 
St. Mary's, oh, there it is. St. Mary's, Boise yeah. State, and San Diego State, okay? Right. If you add those, okay, now you have the 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 California schools, St. Mary's and San Diego, so now you can do the home-and-home home for basketball, right. um, and you have Boise State and Gonzaga, so you can do the home-and-home home in the Northwest, right? So you right. can keep that. Uh, football-wise, you've added two more football teams to the conference, so Boise State and San Diego State. Both of them have been good, suitable uh, to be able to to play at a, at a high level. Um, and then you've added two more teams on the basketball end, and they're strictly basketball in Gonzaga and St. Mary's. And you keep that rivalry between Gonzaga and St. Mary's, and you bring it all into the fold. So now you've gone from 10 to 14, and now you're a legitimate conference still. If you go Big 12 – um, I'm cool with that, but if you go Big 12, I, in my opinion, you can't just go with just ASU and U of A. You have to bring Colorado and Utah as well because I feel like th- that foursome is going to be a powerful foursome in the Big 12, plus you reestablish some of those rivalries with Colorado and Kansas and all this other stuff, and you keep and you bring in a new fold, a new era, and obviously you have the automatic rivalry games, which will be Kansas and U of A, uh, U of A and Baylor. Um, those are the things that you want to continue to develop. So if you're going to lose UCLA and USC and you pick up Kansas, uh, I think that's a win-win. Right. Now, there was a loud mouth in Tucson a while back that was saying, why not just punt ASU and just go with Colorado to the Big 12? Because that's Saul, the stupidest shit you could ever say in the, in the whoever world. Whoever this was, Saul, explain <laughs> to the good folks out there why this was a moronic take by somebody that might be talking to you at the moment. Okay, because it's still a numbers game. And when you're talking about television revenue, you can't ignore the fact that ASU is in a big market. And numbers-wise, especially in football, it's not even close. You can't – you're basically cutting your nose off to spite your face if you just get rid of ASU. Um, And listen, as much as we hate ASU – there's still the rivalry and it's still fun and it's still fun to talk shit. If we lost that, what are we even doing? Why do we even have college sports? If we can't talk shit and stomp all over the little brother, like what are we doing here? So you have to have ASU and just like Colorado, Colorado has to have Utah for that same reason. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. You've sold me on that, but it, it was funny to think about though. Now I've had a lot of people that have asked me about this and I figured that, uh, Deandre Ayton, we're going a little bit off script here, but you're up there on the ground every single day. I'm of the opinion that this guy is basically 17 and nine. He'll always be 17 and nine. Don't think he's going to be much more, not much less either. Definitely not a star, but I'm also, when I watch him, I just want so much more from him. Yeah. So um, yeah, we obviously all you're on the Suns. You have a great Suns post game show. What do you guys think? Yeah, we all that. We, we all do. We all do. We, we all want more from DA because we saw the potential and the ability when he was at the U of A. And that was, it was something we had never seen before from somebody that big athletic. Um, His perimeter shot was so much better at U of A than it was, than it has been in, in, in the league. I thought he would be able to develop that at the three point line at some point, but he hasn't really developed that at all. Um, And he's, his, he's kind of plateaued to a certain degree. Um, he gives you these moments where he gets you 30 and 15. Um, and then he has other moments where he gets just six and three. Um, right. it's just all over the place. He literally had a 7.3, a three rebound game, uh, in Chicago when in Kevin Durant's second game of the season, like 
those are the ebbs and flows of DeAndre Aiden, and that's the thing that's the most frustrating. But I still believe in him. I still feel like uh, he's going to be able to see uh, get to a point where he will be a 25 and, and 10 or 15 guy. Um, he will make a couple all-star games. It's just it's going to, it's taken him a little bit longer than I think uh, people were really willing to accept. Uh, I hope I get to see it while he's in the Suns uniform. I have a sneaky suspicion that he's going to blow up once he leaves the Suns. And that's just because of the construct of the team. Milwaukee Bucks, Phoenix Suns, NBA Finals. I'm not going out on a limb because those are the, both the betting favorites right now, but that's where I would go right there. So I think the Suns come out, barring injury, I think the Suns are the clear favorite out of the West. And I haven't been able to say that in a while. I hope so. I hope you're right. Uh, I would, I would say that if you're going to bet, that would be a smart bet, but I also, you know, I also like the nug, the, the nuggies. I don't, uh, you know, Denver's a sleeper team, uh, even though they're the number one seed in the West, they haven't proved it in a, in a non COVID year. So right. uh, let's see what they got. All right. Now let me tell you about OGs. Saul. Right, no, let me deal. tell you about OGs. Okay, oh, you tell best, me about OGs. It's the then. best edible in the game. Okay, uh, you go to ogsbrands.com. They'll take care of you. You can find out what dispensary they're at. They have them down in Tucson. It's actually a Tucson-based company. If you didn't know that, local. Yeah, they are they are more local in Tucson than they are up here in Phoenix. Uh, but they're everywhere now because they're one of the best edibles in the game. Uh, and you can enjoy their new flavor, their Happy Balance Gummy, a one-to-one CBD to THC rest, uh, ratio, which kind of calms your uh, or soothes your aches and pains. And, hey, it kind of mells you out, gets you, uh, gets you right for, uh, for bedtime or whatever time of the day it is for you. But go to OGsBrands.com. And remember, you must be 21 or over to enjoy, enjoy. Okay, Saul, before we sign off here, what I do want to talk about, though, is I look at where Arizona Athletics is right now and where it was two years ago. And let's do because I always try to preface this with people saying, you know, oh, well, we still only won five games in football or we got knocked out. Yes, those are disappointing getting knocked out. But at this time, two years ago, we had not won a tournament game in five years. And Arizona was in the midst of a 12 about to become a 20 game losing streak. The Tommy Lloyd and the Jed Fish hires, big picture, have been A hires. And I keep trying to remind people that, Saul, you're an alum. You're up there uh, keeping an eye on where would you stack Arizona right now and compared to where they were two years ago? Maybe stack them in the Pac-12 or just all time in Arizona history? No, just in the, just in the Pac-12, just from an overall you know strength moving forward basketball, football perspective. Yeah, I, I think they're a top – four or five program when you when you combine those two and then i would say that they're i would say that they're a top two or three program if you include the women's basketball team as well because we can't forget about that part um you know adia coming in here and transforming that entire program from what it was and trust me there were some dark days there Uh, we've talked about that yeah i was uh and then obviously what jed fish inherited how he had to turn that whole program around and what he's been able to do with very little at first and now he's trying to grow that into a to a very strong brand and then obviously tommy lloyd so i would say in 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 the pac 12 definitely a top four uh program i i think arizona athletics as a whole are very successful in multiple sports um there's not one single program anymore that you can point to and say that's the worst in the country or that's the worst in the conference um they they're good all the way across the board you used to be able to say that about men's golf but men's golf has even come up big time in the last couple years under coach anderson uh yeah and and so they've 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 grown that program women's golf uh and laura ionello has been phenomenal love that program love her um so i just think overall u of a is one of the best 
run programs athletically in the country, not just the Pac-12. And so I know we get a little obsessed with the postseason uh, results, and I know we get a little despondent and we get irate because, honestly, it's probably more of us taking so much crap from everybody else because we're so good during the regular season. We're so good in the Pac-12 tournament, and for some reason, it is just not translating to the postseason success uh, for the men. Uh, But, but... You can't lose sight of the fact that you're developing good players, good people, and they're reaching levels of success that a lot of programs wish and envy that they had. All right, Saul, you're the boss. You're the GM. Before we sign off, what do you got going on up there? I know you got all kinds of good stuff going on at PHNX. Yeah, like as you mentioned, the MGM Sportsbook, we got we got a little uh, – we can't say the, 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 the tournament name, obviously, but we can say that we're showing those two games that are being played in college basketball on Saturday. So come check us out over at the Sportsbook. Uh, I'll give you a free shirt if you show up. How about that? Plus, you'll probably get some free bets uh, on, on set – uh, on site. So come out, check us out. Uh, but we got so many cool things going on. Obviously we're about to hit the playoffs with, with the Suns. We got some watch parties going on. We've got some takeovers going on. So, uh, check us out, go to gophx.com, check it all out, become a diehard. I know, listen, folks, if, especially if you live down in Tucson, uh, I, I apologize right now. I'm, I'm apologizing to you all because we, I don't feel like we've done enough to embrace the U of A community and really take advantage of uh, really building that community out. It's because it's such a strong community. Everybody down there in Tucson is all about the U of A for the most part. Um, and so uh, we've been a little negligent because we've had to build some other things up here. Uh, fan bases up here, need, they, need a little, they need a little TLC, and we needed to try and build those communities up. Uh, and what better than a U of A guy to do that, right? right. So that's there what we're go. trying to do. Uh, I have a group of U of A people that, that have a, a strong background in, in trying to build this community along with ASU people. I'm not going to disrespect them. One's behind the Mac helping us run this show and Jacob the Franklin, great Jacob uh, Franklin, the great Jacob Franklin. Uh, but uh, we will be doing some events here soon down in the Tucson area. So stay tuned for that. All right. I'm Mike Luke. He's the boss. Saul Bookman. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Normal time, 1230. You've been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast.